Well, good evening, everybody. It's good to, to get together tonight to study God's Word as we've been doing some of my favorite verses and chapters in the Bible. Tonight, we're going to kind of get back into chapter 14 of John. I've uh, been there for a little bit. I love a lot of the verses that are in this chapter as Jesus is talking with his disciples. And it's right after the the... The, the time when he's told Peter he's going to deny him in the Lord's Supper that night and been a big argument among the disciples about who's the greatest. So he, he's given them a lot of comfort. He's told them, I'm fixed to leave you and, and, and Peter, you're going to deny me. All you're going to scatter. And so they were upset. So he's given them comfort. And tonight we're going to get into the chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 18 and, and try to go. And hopefully maybe we'll get done tonight. Don't know. We'll see how it goes. And he starts off the, the verse here and he says I will not leave you comfortless I will come to you now it is it, it, it's kind of funny when you you think about this because sometimes when the the interpreters when they change this from from the Greek that it was in into the, the English they would look at words and they try to give give a word that was understandably now understandable but what's funny is what they used here when he says I will not leave you comfortless that the 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 word in Greek was orphanos, so basically it, is the, it means orphan. So he's he's basically I will not leave you orphans, and I'll come unto you. So Jesus begins his third assurance here to the disciples and by telling them that, that you're, you're not going to be alone. Uh, the the you're not going to be someone who has no father. You're not going to be someone who has no uh, teacher. You know, disciples in particular, teacher among Hebrews, they would call their 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 teacher uh, father or or you know his scholars were his were called his children and on his death they were considered as orphans that was how the how the hebrew people looked at it so if you if you followed someone if you you they were your teacher uh you called them father and then when they passed away you were their orphans but jesus says i'm not gonna leave you as an orphan spurgeon considers several ways that the followers of jesus are not like orphans and he says an orphan has parents who are dead and the spirit shows that jesus is alive an orphan is left alone and the spirit draws us close to god's presence. An orphan has lost their provider, and the Spirit provides all things. An orphan is left without instruction, and the Spirit teaches us all things. An orphan has no defender, and the Spirit is our protector. So when he's telling them this, this is very comforting to them. And you know, in, in the things that we're going through in life and, and different things, you think about how we need to be comforted. And it's good to know that God didn't just say, hey, uh, I came, I died on the cross for your sins, I rose again to give you eternal life, now you figure it out. But you think about how God is good at that, and, and, and especially with, with the, the virus that's going on and the uncertainties that we face each and every day. You know, a lot of people have talked, you know, when, when this is all said and done and we try to get back to normal, what's normal going to look like? You know, I don't think it'll ever be as normal as we're used to. Things are going to change. Uh, a lot of people have changed already. 
And so I pray that that you realize that God has watched over us during this time. He strengthened the church. Yeah, we will probably lose some people, I believe, who who basically the thing is is they've gotten used to being away from God's house. I pray that if there is any like that, that God will get them and wake them up and shake them and let them realize that, yeah, they still need him. You know, I I remember my life a lot of times I thought that I didn't need God. and, and I was a boy, but he, when he shows you, you need him. He shows you. And I, I have found out the hard way so many times that I need God in my life. And he, he doesn't leave me comfortless. He's there for me. So he's, he's telling this and he says, he's, I like what he says. I will come unto you. Uh, so he, he's told him I'm going to leave. And, and they don't get it because if you, you remember Thomas said in verse five, you know, Lord, where thou goest, you know, we know not where you go and, and how can we know the way? And so then Jesus has to tell him about the way. So he's promised, he says, I'm going to come unto you. And so Jesus promised to come to his disciples. You know, he told them that in 14 verse three, remember he says, I go to prepare a place for you and I'll come again and get you. You know, this is a broad promise fulfilled by his resurrection and by sending of the, the spirit by the promise of it but there's here he is basically i think sometimes his bodily return to the earth that promise bruce said this he says every phrase he promised coming is embraced in this assurance i'm coming to you so that, that's an awesome wonderful thing you know and if if we're blessed can you imagine what it would be like to see, be the first generation not to see death where Christ steps out on the clouds to come and get us? Uh, how awesome that will be. So I, I, I think it's a wonderful thing he's told here. You know, there was a truth in this, this one sentence that he says in the next one. Listen to what he says in the next verse. He says, yet in a little while the world seeth me no more, but you see me because I live and you shall also live. You know, the the world's going to see me no more, but you're going to see me. And it's a truth and for them, especially because you think that the 12 saw him after the resurrection. What a, a, a blessing that is. Now, and you think uh, of the, the, the 12, um, only one of them truly saw his death, and that was John. And so could you imagine John when John sees the risen Jesus. Uh, Three days earlier, he had seen Jesus on the cross. Three days earlier, he had seen Jesus take his last breath. And I'm sure he told each one of them how it was, you know, as they got back together. And he said, I wish you would have seen it, how he died, how how he he spoke and and the things that he said. And, And can you imagine, though, when Jesus appears to him, this the thought, I see you now. Uh, how comforting that it is. You know, they would see a great, him in a greater way than, than anything, too. You know, not just the physical sight, but the, 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 the spiritual that they got when, when the Holy Spirit came to them. You know, Apostle Paul wrote later, he says, Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, Yet we know him now, thus no longer. He says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. He says, there, you know, There's something more compelling about knowing Jesus by the Spirit than ever knowing him in the flesh. And you think, uh, Jesus, how, how you really come to know him, he, he becomes your best friend. 
it becomes that one you could count on when nobody else would. You know, we sing that song. He's 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 more than a brother. Uh, so how true it is. And, and and when he says this, when he says, uh, "You shall see me because I live, you shall also live." So he tells these disciples, "Is not only you're going to see Jesus, but you're going to you're, you're going to get something great because of it." You know, now as they see him by the Spirit, they will continue to live in Jesus throughout the work of the Holy Spirit. Their their dependence on the life of Jesus would not end when he departed it. It would continue in a greater measure through the Holy Spirit. He says, and you know, I, I realize that today I live more now than I ever have before. Uh, having him as my, my Savior, having him as my, my Lord, I, I live more. I have more to live for, and it's so much better. Spurgeon said, a man is saved because Christ died for him. He continues to be saved because Christ lives for him. The sole reason why the spiritual life abides is because Jesus Christ lives. And that, that's so true. That is so true today. You know, uh, we live because of Jesus. And, and you don't really truly live until you get saved. You don't really understand the meaning of it. You know, before, when you're lost and you're in the world, the things that you live for is pleasure. The things that you live for is fleshly. And when you get saved, it's just how how we look at the world different and how we accept things. We understand what it means to live. You know, and you really don't grasp it until you become a child of God. It's kind of hard to talk to explain sometimes to people. Yeah, we go a little further. He says, you know, he says, at that day you shall know that I am in my Father, in ye in me, and I in you. And, and so he says, you know that that I'm in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. You know, through the Holy Spirit, we would know the know a life of relationship and, and a shared life, a union with God the Father, God the Son, and this disciple. And you know. Uh, Think of the relationship you have with Jesus Christ and how different it is. We we have a relationship with each one of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's with us all the time. You know, we, we, the union we have is marked by the knowledge of God's will. Because when he says, here he says, He that hath my commandments keepeth them. He that is loveth, he that loveth me, he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. So if we look at this union is marked by the, the knowledge of God's will. Talking about his, uh, that has my commandments. That is marked by the obedience to God's will. Who he talks about keeping them. And the, the union is marked by love. It is he who loves me. And the union is marked by a relationship and reception of love with God the father. He says, you know, will be loved by my Father. To, to realize that you're loved by God marks our relationship with Him so wonderfully. Uh, the this union is also marked by the revelation of Jesus Christ Himself when He says He will manifest Himself into Him. You know, all this flows from the union with God and the disciple to, into the disciple or into us through the Holy Spirit. This relationship is for the for our experience now. And not only to the in the age to come, you know, you 
you think about something, when Jesus told the disciples this, as he tells these, these, these guys this that are gathered there with him, this wasn't just for them, it was for us too. And so it's, it's a promise that is still being fulfilled today. He says, you know, he who has my commandments and keeps them, you know, let me read it right. He that hath my commandments and keeps them is he that loveth me. So the you know, the the love to which Christ promises manifested to himself is is not an idle statement or, or a shallow fancy, but the principle of promoting obedience. We love Christ because of what He does for us, and we show that by keeping His commandments. You know, uh, Morris said this. He said, the man who loves Christ is the one who has his commandments and keeps them. To have commandments is an unusual expression. It does not seem to be exactly parallel. The meaning appears to, to make the commandments one's own and to take them into one's own inner being. And you think that um, the things that, that Christ tells us to do, these commandments, it becomes part of you. And, you know, you think about some of the ones, think about the ones he tells us to love our neighbors, to love each other. That shows who we are. And it it shows what kind of people we are. You know, I I like the the next verse, verse 22. It says, Judas saith unto him, now not Issachar, it says, Lord, how is it thou will manifest thyself unto us and unto the world? So he, he they're still not quite grasping, and I can understand this as Jesus is telling them this. They're still not quite grasping everything, and so he he answers the question uh, as he does it. You know, Judas had heard Jesus teach that all the earth would see the Messiah and His glory. He says that in Matthew twenty-four verse thirty. So it was hard for him to understand Jesus when he now spoke of revealing Himself. That the world wouldn't see it. First, Jesus says, "You know, everybody's gonna see my glory." Now he says, "They're not gonna quite get it, uh, but you will." And so Jesus answers them in verse twenty-three. You know, when uh, he he says, he says, "If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him." So think about this. This is Jesus, this is Judas, who's also called Judas of James in Luke six, and in Acts chapter one. You know, it, it's translated a lot of times as the brother of James, and the the son of, or some versions try to say the son of James. Uh, so he he's 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 one of the disciples, and, and so he asks this question, and, and Jesus answers him. He says, "If you love me, you keep my words." In answering Jesus, Jesus and Judas, excuse me, Jesus repeats the theme from his previous verses. Jesus is going to be revealed to and among the disciples through love and obedience in union with the Father and the Son. You know, these were were not are not primary mystical or ecstatic experiences, but real life lived out in the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit. You, you think about some each one of these men went on and served the Lord, you know, all but one there gave us, get, died a martyr's death. 
showing how much they loved God and they kept his commandments. And, you know, when we love the Lord, it's, it's amazing how it transforms us. Think about when you got saved, how did God change you? I think about how he's changed me over my lifetime from when I got saved and, you know, uh, as a young boy, I had a lot of growing to do, a lot of learning to do. Over a period of time, I could look and see how he molded me and he's made me into the person I am today. He has equipped me, given me abilities that I didn't have before. Uh, He's the one who allows me to preach because... Steve don't like to do things like that in as my own person. Um, I'm not a people person, but God has made me that. So in it, the more I'm obedient, the more I follow him, the closer I get, the more he changes me. And I think that's what scares a lot of people. We are so caught up in wanting to be our own God that we're afraid to let God change us. And that's the mark of showing the world that we love him is because we become more like him. You know, he he goes on, he says, He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the world the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. God said, These aren't Jesus said, this isn't stuff I've come up with. This is this is God. You know, people try to say the God of, of the New Testament and the God of the Old Testament are different, but no. These are the same words he told the disciples. He's telling the disciples that he told the children of Israel, if you obey me, you'll be mine. If you love me, people will see it through your actions. But like the children of Israel, how many times do we disobey how many times do we sin in the sight of the Lord Bruce said this he said we're love and obedience shown the presence of God and Christ has realized the father and son together make their home in each one of with each one of the children can you honestly say that you're obedient enough that people see Jesus in everything you do because that's the mark of who we are. He goes, you know, he, he, as he departs, he gives them the gifts of the Holy Spirit and he gives them peace as he, he tells them these things. And, and it's really awesome. Let, let's, let me finish reading verse 24 and we're going to get into 25 through 27. He says, oh, well, I didn't finish reading that. You know, so the 25, let's get into that. So he, he's given them the gift of the Holy Spirit and peace. And so 25 through 27, he says, These things I have spoken unto you, that being yet present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, shall teach you all things, bring, in, bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So... And verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth unto you. But let your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So the, these verses here are so important. You know, the, the helper or the comforter, 
who the Holy Spirit sends, you know, comes in the name of Jesus, and he he returned this wonderful promise. I mean, think about it. He says, I'm fixing to leave you, but God's fixing to send you something even better. And this comforter or helper uh, would be another way to put it, is here he's going to do some wonderful things for you. He tells them, it's the Holy Ghost is fixing to come upon you. This is a, a, a character designation found throughout the New Testament. It does, you know, it does not draw attention to the power of the Spirit or the greatness, but it shows who he is. He is God in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Uh, many of us treat him like an it, but he's not an it. It is a person of God. Now, you think Jesus had to leave so that the Holy Spirit could come. Holy Spirit has, Jesus was one man. Holy Spirit can be, is a spirit can be anywhere at any time and doing multiple things because of his, what he is. You know, the aspect he has. He says he's going to teach all things and bring to remembrance all things. So, and, and you understand why, because here, even Judas, the, with the question he asked, and with the question Philip asked, and the question Thomas has asked in this, this thing, they're hearing Jesus' words, but they're, they, they, they don't want to really understand his words, I guess is the best way to say it. That's like many times we'll hear God's word, and we, we grasp it, but do we truly understand it? Until later, when the Holy Spirit brings it back to mind, and that's a wonderful thing about it, He 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 gives us the ability to do these things. And He told them, you know, He says, uh, the Spirit's not going to take and give you something totally new. He's going to remind you of what Jesus said, and, and they would need that in the days to come. Because you think uh, we're blessed, we've got the Bible. We forget something, we can look it up. You know, the information age we live in today is such a great time to be alive because you can get your phone, you can get on a computer, you want to look up a verse, you don't even know uh, what the verse says or how it's worded, you can type in a little bit, hit search, and it can give you the verse you want to hear. What a great thing we have. But they had to rely on just what the Holy Spirit said, you know. What in the world was that? Okay, my computer back behind me just went crazy. Uh, don't understand what it said, but okay. Uh, well, let me get back to where I was at. But, you know, Jesus said he would give them this ability to be able to remember all things. And throughout their life, as they didn't have the Bible, they could quote scripture and quote what Jesus said. He gave them a peace about it. I love what he says. He says, peace I leave with you. He describes the peace as his peace. His peace was a heart untroubled, unfearful, in spite of what the suffering and conflict he had before. He was at peace. The, the, the biblical word peace here is shalom. It, it never means the absence of trouble. It means everything which makes for our highest good. Peace which the world offers is peace of escape. You know, if the world's going to give you peace, it's away from problems. God gives you peace that lets you be able to handle problems. 
He says, let your heart not be troubled. He's returning to the theme that he started this chapter off with. You know, just calm down. We could have an untroubled heart in in a quiet life when Christ is the center of it. You know what? To have his peace and let our hearts not be troubled is to trust in him completely. Quit trusting in the things that you want to trust in. To quit trusting in everything else, but trust in Jesus to see you through it. How many times do we do that? How many times do we truly say, God, I, I want to trust you? You know, many times we want to, but we don't. So I want to I want to close tonight with that. I want to close tonight with peace. You know, Jesus tells them as he goes through, he says, he says, you heard, heard how I said unto you, I go away and I'll come again unto you. But if I, if you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I go into my father for my father is greater than I. And now I've told you before it comes to pass that when it has come to pass, you might believe thereafter. I will not talk much with, with you and, for the prince of this world cometh and has nothing in me. But the world may know that I gave love of my father. Even as I so do, arise and let us go hence. So Jesus, I'm going to give you peace. I'm fixing to leave. I'm going to the father and you should rejoice. And I'm telling you these things is fixing to happen. So that when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll remind you. That I told you about it. And you'll see it and believe. One of the peace he gave. I told you it was going to happen. And you say that it did. So God gave us the scriptures. To give us this peace. This comfort. He says he's coming back. And he's coming. For everything he said in this word is coming true. All the prophecies are ready for him to step out on the clouds. A comforter is coming. The way you get the comforter is to be saved. You know, as a child of God, we have that blessed peace that the world longs for but does not have. We have peace in the time of a pandemic. We have peace in the time of death. We have peace in the time of sickness. Because we got a God who sees us through it. If you get nothing else out of this Bible study, that's what you need to remember. The peace of Jesus Christ. So tonight as we get ready to close, and I want to close in prayer, I want us to think about the peace that Christ has brought to us. For the times when you are down, for the times when you're depressed, for the times when things sound off in the background and get you confused, Jesus is always there. You know, Alexa went off in my background here and started talking, and that could have just blew everything. So I just need to stop and erase. Satan tries to shut you up, but Christ is always there. So tonight, if you got a prayer request, 
If you got a problem tonight, now's the time to bring it. We'll pray. You pray. You ask God to help. You got one you want somebody to pray for you. You can message me. You can send it to us on our Facebook page. You can private message the page and we'll get to you. You can call me. You can do whatever it takes that you need somebody to pray. I'll pray with you. But join me tonight in prayer. If you got a prayer request, now's the time. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, you tell us how to pray in the Bible. You give us the instructions. We're to pray for your will to be done. Father, first I praise you. and Thank you for being my God and my Savior. For dying on the cross for me. For sending your Son to, to, to pay the price for my sins. Lord, hallowed be your name. Praise you for everything you do. Lord, I pray your will's done in every situation. Father, tonight there are many who have problems. Lord, that I, I pray right now they bring them to this old-fashioned altar. Lord, and they just lay them out to you. Lord, we all have our issues, things that are going on that get us upset. So, Father, tonight I bring each one of mine. I bring them here. I put them on the, the altar. You know each situation. You know each problem. And, Father, I pray that that I can leave them here. Your will be done in each one of them. I accept your will. Heavenly Father, give me the strength to do that. Give me the strength sometimes to shut my mouth. Give me the strength times when I need to speak. Father, I pray you're with me each and every day and with each person tonight. Lord, those who have a prayer request, those who have needs, or those who are scared, let them realize you've sent the comforter. Thank you for all that you do. And Father, I pray tonight that you bless the church or bless those that are listening. And Father, forgive me for failing you. Lord, sometimes I just ramble. Lord, I feel sometimes I'm not as prepared as I need to be. I ask for your forgiveness in that. But Lord, take your word and I pray that your word goes out and does not return void. Again, thank you for all that you do. In Lord's name I pray. Amen. And ask you to keep praying pretty soon. We'll be able to get back together on Wednesday nights and, and get into God's Word if, if if everything goes well. My next Bible study is a Bible study. I plan on doing Psalms chapter 100. I love that psalm. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We'll get into that. Pray you join me next time. If you need us for anything, contact us. Let us know. I love you. I hope you have a blessed day.